Well, good morning, people of hope. We're glad that you have chosen to spend the morning with us this morning. I see that some of you have chosen to get out of your pajamas this morning, and others of you are wearing the same pajamas that you've been wearing for two weeks. And either way, that's fine. We're glad that you are here today because it's not about the clothes that we wear. It's not about the building that we meet in. It's about the God that we serve, God Almighty, and the people we are, the church of God. And we are here together today to worship God because he is worthy of our worship. So if you would join together with us in singing, It Is Well With My Soul.
God, for many, this is a fearful time. But for us, who have the hope of Jesus Christ, we pray that we would not be overcome or overwhelmed with fear or worry or anxiety, regardless of the circumstances of the world or of our community, our jobs, our church, or our families, because you are greater than all of that. God, give us faith and trust in you today, for you are trustworthy and faithful. Give us a spirit of service and mercy for others who are in need and are hurting, for you are a God who serves and who is merciful. Help us to be generous with our material possessions and with our finances as you have been generous to us. Give us a heart to worship, for you are worthy of our worship. We pray for those who are sick today, that you would bring about healing and peace. We pray for those who are struggling today with finances or loss of their job, that you would bring stability and provision. We pray for those who are spiritually wavering with the state of our world, that you would bring them faith. God, help us to be the church in a way that we have never been before. May we grow in our faith, in our numbers, in our desire to serve and grow and give and love. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this month we have our Minister of the Month, which is the Haiti team, which a couple of weeks ago just returned from Haiti. And we're going to watch a testimony video now from Wendy Day, one of the participants of that team. A few weeks ago, a team uh, from here at Hope Baptist and also um, several other people from two other churches got together and uh, we did a missions trip to Haiti. Um, I went with praying to God that he would break my heart for what breaks his and to lead me and use me. Um, didn't have any idea at all what to expect. When we landed in Haiti, um, the mountainous view took my breath away. And then once we came out of the airport, it was like a stark reality of um, a complete different world. And we landed at our, I shouldn't say landed, we were um, escorted to our house where we'd be staying and very well taken care of by some Haitians. Um, we had a beautiful meal that was waiting for us and we settled in for the night, and the very next day, we hit the ground running. Um, we ended up going to City Soleil, which is, um, what we were told, the poorest slum of all of the slum in Port-au-Prince. And we met all the children there, and um, needless to say, they knew we were coming. We didn't know what we were in for. Um, tons of hugs and kisses and laughing. Um, I think what struck all of us was that they kept saying, hey, you. And we would just look at each other like, are they talking to us? <laughs> um, and it was just the most adoring thing. Uh, that was the first day. And we delivered water with the water truck that day on several different places. Um, again, such an emotional thing to have to deliver water to our brothers and sisters that just rely so heavily on this. A couple of times, some young kids, like seven or eight, are like, hey, you, grab your shirt, and then tap their head. And we were told that if they tapped their head, to help them pick these buckets up and put them up on their head. But I'm like, 
this is a five gallon, I mean a five gallon bucket full of water that I can barely pick up. And so you do, you know, you put it on their head and they just slowly stand up and off they go. Each and every day we got to visit um, different places and we got to talk about it, pray about it, have devotions and sing. Um, another thing that we got to do was to visit the elders. We went into multiple homes and we washed the feet of these elders and we sang with them and we prayed with them. We may not have been able to speak the language. Um, we did learn a little bit, um, but you know, somebody once said to me, the language of love um, is felt through eyes, through touch, and it is the God's honest truth. Because of the language barrier there, I picked up some of the Creole stuff, and one of my favorites was Jésus Ramehu and Jésus Ramé Moi, which is Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. Um, and so you've got an older gentleman or woman sitting there beside you that's just like, you want to talk, but there's not much you can say, so I would just lean in and say that, and as soon as I said that, the eyes connected, and they would smile, and it was just like, it, that's what got me, was, you know, speaking of the love of the Lord. Um, I don't want to leave out the fact that we had um, a team of Haitian men and women that were at our sides helping us with interpreting and loving on the kids and loving on us. Um, but I really truly want to thank the team um, that I got to be a part of this with them. Um, it was just a great honor to be able to go with you and to share God's love and to take back so much more than what we thought we were going to give. So our scripture reading today is from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen. Where do you turn? when you are in a crisis. There are many different places that people have turned in this coronavirus crisis. Some have turned to the news for help. It seems that in recent days, people's phones are buzzing and binging and dinging more than usual. They're dinging with the latest information about the virus. And that information is a good thing. It helps us to know what to do and what not to do in this time of crisis. But too much information is not a good thing. It has led some people into a place of discouragement and panic and anxiety about the crisis. Other people have turned to their friends in this time of the coronavirus. They have looked to their friends for advice about what to do. But in this particular case, we need to practice social distancing or else we could spread the disease to our friends. And in other crises, sometimes our friends don't have good advice for us. They don't know what to do any more than we know what to do. Other people in a time of crisis turn to self-help books. They think that they will find wisdom to help them in these different books. 
If you go to Barnes and Noble, you can see that people really devour uh, self-help books. You can see a whole section, the biggest section in the store is devoted to this type of literature. But in this pandemic, we have realized that self-help books are not gonna help us. We are so helpless against this disease. No self-help book is going to stop the spread of this virus or prevent us from suffering the economic consequences of the virus. So where can we turn for help in this time? Hebrews chapter 4 says that we should turn to the Bible at all times. We should turn then to the Word of God. Why? Because when God says things in his Word, these things are completely true. God never lies. He tells us the truth in a time of crisis and in other times as well. There is no greater authority in this world than what we find in the Bible. The word of God, the word that God speaks in the Bible is like God himself. God is, so to speak, what God says. So in this time of crisis, I would urge you to turn to the Bible so that you can hear what God is saying to you. The word of God is greater than any other authority. And so let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 today and see some reasons why God's word is greater than any other authority. First of all, God's word is greater because it is personal. Before we look at how God's word is personal, I want us to see the crisis that the author of Hebrews was dealing with. The crisis was over the souls of the readers of his letter. Their souls were in danger. The letter to the Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians. Ever since these Christians had committed themselves to follow Christ, these Jewish Christians had been persecuted for their faith. It was becoming so hard for them to follow Jesus that they were wondering, is it worth it to follow this Jesus? They were thinking about returning then to Judaism, to the Jewish sacrificial system, and to other Jewish religious rituals in order to be close to God. But the author says to his readers, don't do it. Jesus is a greater sacrifice than the religious sacrifices of the Jews. Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is greater than any prophet that you could name. Jesus is greater than any high priest. Jesus is greater than everyone and everything. You need Jesus then. Only Jesus can save your soul. So whatever you do, don't leave Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 4, the author talks about the rest that God wants his readers to enter, the rest of heaven. And he urges them to enter into that rest by reminding them of how the Israelites in the Old Testament had failed to enter into the rest God promised them, the rest of the promised land of Canaan. They failed to enter the rest of the promised land because they had disobeyed God's word. 
So the writer concludes the first section of Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 11 by saying this, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. The author is saying to his readers, God has told you how to enter the rest of heaven. It is only through Jesus. But you are doubting God's word. You don't believe what God has said about Jesus. And so your soul is in danger. Disobeying God's word is a serious matter. God's word is not to be trifled with. Don't be like the Israelites in Moses' day and Joshua's day. Obey God's word. The salvation of your soul depends on your obedience and trust in the word of God. Now let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, and let's see how God's word is personal. Verse 12 begins by saying, For the word of God is living and active. So in what way is the Bible living? When you read the Bible, there is a person who is revealed in the words of the scripture, and that person is God himself. You encounter the living God every time you read the Bible or hear it preached. So the Bible is not a dead book. The Bible is alive. God makes himself personally present to you every time you read the Bible. Whenever God's word is spoken or read or heard, God himself is personally present there with you. Some might say, well, how can God be personally present with us when the Bible was written thousands of years ago? Because God is eternal, his word is eternally relevant to us. We see an example of this in Hebrews chapter 4, which we're reading today. God had spoken to King David some words that were quoted in Hebrews 4 and verse 7. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. But was that word of warning given just for the people in David's day? No. God spoke that same word of warning to the readers of the book of Hebrews, even though it was a thousand years after that word was originally spoken through King David. God was still personally present in that very same word, even as it was now being spoken to the readers of the book of Hebrews. You always then meet the living God in a personal way when you read the Bible. Whenever there is a crisis or suffering in the world, people always ask the same question. Where is God? People think, well, God must have left the building if I am in such a mess. But is that really the case? Let me assure you, God has not left you in this coronavirus crisis. God never leaves us or forsakes us. 
And if you want to feel the personal presence of God today, do you know where you should turn? The Bible. When you read the Bible, you encounter the living God. I'd like for us to read what God himself says to you today in this season of suffering from Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, is there anything today that could separate you from the love of God? No. God still loves you, even if you are suffering today. This is God's true word for you. This is what God is personally saying to you today. I love you, and I am with you, no matter what. Isn't that good to know? Let me urge you in this season of social distancing when you can't get out of your house, to get close to God by reading the Bible. Don't waste this time where you are on your own by binge-watching all 9,000 episodes of Law and Order. There's a better use of your time. And I think a better use of your time is to read the Scripture so that you might get close to God. If you're looking for a good Bible study in this time where you can't get together with other Christian friends, I would urge you to go through a study of the book of Romans, led by an excellent Bible teacher named Michael Kruger. I have put up a a link to this free Bible study on our church Facebook page. I would urge you in this time, read and study the Bible. God will personally meet you there. So church, Where is God in this time? God is right here. Get close to him by reading his word. We see that God's word is greater because it's personal, but God's word is also greater because it's powerful. We read in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that the word of God is living and active. Now, the word that is translated active in verse 12 is a translation of the Greek word energes, from which we get our English word energetic. The Bible is energetic. It's powerful. It does things. The word of God is effective in accomplishing everything that we need. Can you think of some powerful things that God has done in this world by just his word? Well, in the very first chapter of the Bible, God spoke the world into existence by his word. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And when Jesus came into this world, he spoke a word to the sick and the sick were healed. And one day when Jesus was out on the sea, and the wind and the waves were roaring, 
Jesus spoke a word to the wind and the waves. And what happened? Immediately they were stilled. Christ's word brought an end to the storm. They were still because of the powerful word of God. There is nothing else that has the power of the word of God. We are tempted sometimes to think that the Bible is just okay. It's a good thing to read the Bible, we think. But Satan tempts us to think that the Bible is not enough for us. What we really need in this crisis is money. Money will help us. What we really need is some human expert to guide us and to lead us. We need something really powerful. We need something more than the Bible. Are you tempted today to give up on the Bible and to turn to other things as having more power? If so, I want to remind you this morning that there is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. In August of 2017, my wife and I entered into a season of crisis. Wendy was diagnosed at that time with ovarian cancer. When I first heard the news, I prayed these words to God. God! What are you doing? Don't you know that Wendy is one of the best gifts that you have given to me? Don't you know that I still need her? This was a very honest prayer on my part, but it was not a very intelligent prayer on my part. Does the Almighty God who created the universe by his wisdom and who sustains that same universe today by his wisdom, does that almighty God always know what he is doing? Does this God that I worship know more about my world and the circumstances that I am living through than I do? I'm going to have to say yes to all of those questions. And does our all-wise God always have something good in mind for us in all that he does? Yes. Now, often we have to wait to see God's good purposes worked out in our lives over time. But God always has something good in mind for us in all that he chooses to bring into our lives. So I am grateful to say that after I prayed my first honest prayer, God led me to pray a second prayer. And this second prayer was a powerful prayer from the word of God. It was a prayer that Jesus prayed at the moment of greatest crisis in his life. Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. I prayed this prayer of surrender to God's will in my own life as well. Let's think for a moment about what God powerfully did for Jesus in response to his prayer of surrender. Just a few days after Jesus prayed his prayer, he was resurrected from the dead. And just a few days after that, God exalted Jesus to his right hand 
where Jesus now sits reigning over the universe as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Is that pretty powerful, how God answered Christ's prayer? And I would also ask the question, did God do something good for Jesus in response to his prayer of surrender? He did. And when we surrender to God, when we pray to him, not my will, but yours be done, God also does good things for us. Now, I don't know all of the ways that God has powerfully answered my prayer of surrender over Wendy's cancer. But here are some things that I can say that I have seen. I have seen God grow my faith in God's goodness and his power as a result of his extending Wendy's life through two major surgeries and through two rounds of chemotherapy. God has been so good to us to keep my wife alive. And I have seen our love for each other grow through this crisis. Our love is deeper and richer than it was before Wendy's cancer diagnosis. And finally, I have seen God more and more move my hope from this world and the people and things of this world to the hope of heaven. I have seen God help me to anchor my hope in heaven where I will be with Jesus for all eternity. And by praying this prayer from the word of God, my heart has shifted from this world to the world of heaven. Church, the word of God is powerful. I would urge you then to pray God's word back to him and see how he will powerfully answer your prayer. Your prayer today as we deal with the effects of this coronavirus might be indeed God, what are you doing? This is an honest prayer, and it is always good to be honest with God in your prayers. But a more powerful prayer to pray today would come straight out of God's word. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Let's see how God powerfully works to answer this prayer from God's word. God's word is active. It is powerful. Let's see how God powerfully works today. Finally, God's word is greater than any other authority because it is penetrating. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word penetrates. It has the penetrating power of a sword. The Roman two-edged sword that was used in Jesus' day could pierce even through armor. And the word of God has that kind of penetrating power. Nothing can stand against the Bible's power. And the Bible can penetrate the hardest object on earth, the human heart. Our hearts are so hard 
so stubborn. But the Bible pierces our souls and even our hearts. It divides the soul and spirit. It discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And it exposes to us what is really in our hearts. The Bible exposes who we really are. Now, why does the Bible have that kind of power? Because God's word represents God himself. As we see in verse 13, that no creature is hidden from God's sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Just like God knows our thoughts and our attitudes, so God's word exposes our thoughts and our attitudes and then judges them. God's word judges, just like God himself judges. The word of God penetrates who we are. There are two major benefits, then, to reading the word of God. The first is that we get to know God better. And the second is we get to know ourselves better. The Bible exposes things inside of us. The things inside our hearts that deceive us and harden us and keep us from believing. And then the Bible surgically removes those things from our hearts with the penetrating power of a sword. Last week, I worked on a verse to memorize from Isaiah chapter 58 and verses 6 and 7. There we read, Is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? In Isaiah's day, the people of Israel wondered if they should still fast, if they should still restrain themselves from eating food in order to show their repentance to God. In response, God spoke through his prophet Isaiah about what kind of fast God really wanted. God wanted a fast that would result in justice and righteousness for the poor and for the needy. Let me tell you how these verses have penetrated my heart in recent days. When our mission team from Hope Baptist delivered clean water in a poor section of Port-au-Prince in Haiti a few weeks ago, one of the first things I noticed as we began to deliver the water were all of these naked children around me. These children were not toddlers. Some of them were as old as seven or eight. And so I asked myself, why aren't these children wearing clothes? And the answer broke my heart. The children were naked because they were house slaves. Their mothers could not afford to keep them. And so they sold them into slavery. Now, no mother in this world wants to do that. No mother wants their child to be a slave. 
But these mothers felt that they had no other choice. And so they had to give up their children into slavery. Now, as slaves, one of the things that they were marked by was their nakedness. The fact that they were naked said to all in their community, these children are slaves. As slaves, they were seen as less than other children in their community. And other children would walk up to me and say that these, these children were bad. They were somehow untouchable because they were less than other children. These children were so starved for love and for affection that as soon as they saw our mission team, they jumped right into our arms because they wanted someone to tell them that they were loved. Now, these children were dirty. So I kind of tensed up at that moment when these children jumped into my arms. This is where these verses from Isaiah have exposed my heart. The verses say that when you see the naked, you should cover them. Now, I didn't have any clothes with me at that time to give to the children of Haiti. But I could cover them with my arms. I could let them know that they were still precious to God. They were still loved by God, even if they were rejected by everyone else in their community. I could let them know that God still cared about them. Another way that these verses have penetrated my heart in recent days has to do with the effects of the coronavirus. This week I have heard of at least four people from our church who have been laid off from their jobs because of the economic impact of the virus and its spread. Now, I know what the right thing is to do. I know that the right thing to do at this time is to be generous. As Isaiah says, it's to share my bread with the hungry, to help those who are in need. But there is still a selfish voice in my heart that is saying to me, but if you give to them, what will happen to you? Will you have enough if you give your money away? I thank God for the penetrating power of his word that has exposed my heart. And I thank him that God's word has taken that greed out of my heart and given me a desire to be generous. Church, every day we need to turn to God's word. We should turn to God's word both in a time of crisis and in more normal times as well. I need God's word because it's personal, it is powerful, and it is penetrating. And I desperately need God to penetrate my heart every day. Otherwise, I might become like the ancient Israelites who disobeyed God and missed out on the promised rest of the promised land. I don't want to miss God's rest of heaven. I don't. Instead, I want to commit myself to believing God's word and to believing his promises. Because there is nothing greater and nothing better to rely on 
than the word of God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you today for the word of God. We thank you that as we read the word, we meet you personally. You speak to us and draw near to us as we hear the word read. We thank you as well that the word of God is powerful. It accomplishes great things. We thank you also that the word of God penetrates our hearts. It exposes to us our thoughts and our attitudes and how we need to change and repent. And so I pray that your people would turn to the word of God in this time of crisis. May they turn to you. May they hear your voice. And may they be drawn closer to you. In your great name we pray. Amen. Well, we thank you so much for joining together with us today. You'll notice in the description of this video that there are some questions that you can discuss together now with your family or with your growth group this week. We'd encourage you strongly to continue to be the church, continue to minister and serve each other, continue to give, continue to love, continue to be the church in this time that we are a part. God bless you this week.